going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. Man, we got a lot to cover in this episode. We got a lot of Tesla stuff to cover, and it's not all positive news concerning Tesla. We got to hit on those topics. We got a few numbers and stats for the week that we got to get down on and talk a little bit about. And then, of course, we're going to close this thing out just reflecting on the Super Bowl, reflecting on what y'all thought about it, mainly what I thought about it, because it's my podcast. So therefore, you just get to hear my thoughts. Maybe one day I'm going to have somebody else that does the podcast with me so we can go back and forth. So it's more of a conversational type thing rather than just me blabbering on and on and on and on and on like I'm doing right now. It's like, dog, why are we... Why are we blabbering on and on? But, you know, that's just how I am. That's why you come to the Rambling Mind Podcast. Anyway, we got to start this thing off talking about Valentine's Day because, you know, it's Valentine's week, but apparently everybody is super sad, you know? According to the latest consumer sentiment index that we just had, most Americans are not very happy. Feelings about the general economic state of the country is extremely negative, even lower than it was during peak pandemic times when people were losing their jobs left and right. Unlike almost any other country in the world, Americans' way of feeling good about themselves is usually based on two things. One, producing goods, and two, consuming goods. In other words, working extremely hard to produce something, and then the second one is getting paid enough to be able to go buy all the things that you're producing. Currently, one part of that equation has n- has not exactly been doing that well, but the other part of the equation has been doing pretty well, which is in the wages, where people are getting paid more to do the jobs that they do. However, on the other side of that equation, we're seeing inflation run rampant. So even though people are making more money, people aren't able to actually see the fruits of the money that they're making for. The ironic thing of this whole conversation is the fact that the sentiment was driven lower mostly and mainly by people who make over a hundred thousand dollars a year showing again that money does not buy happiness money does not buy happiness at all and i'll implore every single person that's listening to me please find other areas in life for happiness find other things to fill that void because buying items going shopping traveling all of this stuff will never fill that void the only thing that can truly bring you happiness we've seen it over and over and over again at the end of the day is relationships so please build those deep relationships valentine's day just happened even if you didn't have a valentine you know because you know life is life and we we in these streets You know, we're trying to get some people to be our Valentine's, but they'd be like, well, you know, and you know, all that stuff happens. But regardless, if you need to have a Valentine's, get, I hope every single person that is listening to me has some good people around them that even during any time of season, not just Valentine's Day, that you guys can hang out, chill, do all this other stuff. Like have people around you that you can rest on, have people around you that you can rely on, have people around you who you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets to, have people around you who can pick you up when you're feeling down. Like it's so important because happiness is not from all the money stuff that we talk about all the time. The money stuff just gives us opportunity to spend more time doing those things with those people that we love. So that way we don't have to like stress about things too much. But happiness is not in the money. Money is just a tool for us to be able to do the things that actually bring us joy in this life. And at the end of the day, money will not ever feel that thing. Money is a bottomless pit. No matter how much money you make, no matter how much money you spend, that thing is bottomless. 
it will never fill that void. So please, 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 please find people around you that you love and want to build relationships with because that, that is where true happiness is found. Moving on from there, let's talk about Tesla and things are not looking good for Tesla. Oh my gosh. Usually when we talk about Tesla, we talk about the fact that, you know, I wish I had invested in Tesla a few years ago and I didn't and I still regret it a little bit. But you know what? It is what it is. We all make those mistakes. And, you know, I'm going to learn from it in the future when I have a whole lot more money and your boy ain't broke because your boy broke. But anyway, Tesla was sued by the state of California over rampant racism at its Fremont factory. After a three year investigation, the State Department of of fair employment and housing said they found evidence that Tesla's Fremont plant is a quote, racially segregated workplace, unquote. According to the lawsuit, this is in quotes, these numerous complaints by black and or African-American workers around racial, har- racial, <laughs> around racial harassment, racial discrimination, and retaliation lodged over a span of almost a decade have been futile. Tesla has continued to deflect and evade responsibility while it claims to not tolerate racial harassment or discrimination at its factories. Tesla's investigations of complaints have not compli- have not been compliant with the law. As of right now, these are all al- allegations. But when it gets to the place where the State Department steps in, we know it is getting very serious. Usually, we hear these these kind of allegations every once in a while, but it never bubbles up to be like a big deal. But the fact that the State Department is getting involved. This is giving me a lot of flashbacks to something that we just saw happen recently. We'll talk about it in a little bit. The other thing is about Tesla is you have to remember that this is not the first time that they're getting in trouble over racial harassment issues, over racial issues in the company. This is not the first time. In October of 2020, a federal uh, federal jury awarded Owen Diaz, a former Fremont, again, at the Fremont plant, a former Fremont plant employee, $137 million in damages because Tesla managers ignored his plea and complaints about constant racial harassment. And you know what they say, where there's smoke, there's more than likely some fire going on. And this is what I said when I said we saw something similar like this going on. This was with Activision Blizzard. We saw a lot of allegations coming up and bubbling up over the years. We kept on seeing allegations. And then eventually, California State Department of Fair Employment and Housing got involved. They did their investigation and then all the dirt started coming out. All the truth started coming out. We started hearing all the stories from different employees that may have been scared before to talk. But then now that the State Department is involved, they have a little bit of leverage. They have a little bit of pushback. They have a little bit of muscle. So they started speaking up as well. So the thing is, when everybody saw that first guy get his deal with Tesla, everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you mean he going to get paid? We all suffering this thing. And so now Tesla is facing this lawsuit. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is facts. But the fact of this coming out, it just it's giving me a lot of vibes of Activision Blizzard. It's giving me a lot of vibes of there's a work culture that's going on in Tesla that is not healthy for most people. Most people that look like me mainly from the reports. So we don't know. Is it true? Is it not true? We're just going to have to wait for the, the the lawsuit to start going into place. I don't know. Tesla is trying to get the lawsuit thrown out as you do if you're a big corporation. You never want negative press or any negative publicity. So Tesla is trying to get the lawsuit thrown out. So I don't know if we'll ever get this information, but if it does go to court, just like Activision Blizzard's situation went to court, this is going to be so bad because if it's actually true, 
if it's actually true, I don't even know. Like, it's just it's just not going to look good for Tesla at all. Not that it will affect them. Maybe the stock price tanks for a while. But let's be honest. People love Tesla. People are always on Twitter and Instagram standing up for Elon and all this stuff. People worship the ground that Elon wa- Elon Musk walks on. So people will just say, oh, it's another one of these liberal police coming to arrest Tesla. But the thing is, if this is true, if this is true, I really need to see like the State Department really like bring the hammer down. Because we can't be having these type of workplaces where people are just getting abused because of the color of their skins or anything like that. Or being a woman in the case of Activision Blizzard. Anyway, moving on from there, we're just going to go right into the stats of the week. The first stat of the week is kind of ironic. It's $6 billion. This is the amount that Tesla that of Tesla shares that Elon Musk donated to charity last year. He was beat out only by Bill and Melinda Foundation that donated $15 billion in the same year. We do not know what he gave all his money to, but do we really need to know where he gave all that money to? My best guess is actually that he probably gave it to the world hung, uh, to world hunger after his spat with the head of the United Nations World Food Program. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Again, it's interesting that I just talked about all the issues with Tesla, but I also this I did this on purpose because I also want us to stop thinking of people in just one way. We are human beings. We are not all good and we're not all bad. We will do some good stuff and we will do some negative things. So even though Tesla might have a negative polluted workplace, it doesn't mean that Elon Musk in and of itself is an evil dude or anything like that. We all have different phases of our lives. We can do something really generous on one hand, but also we need to be held accountable for some of the things that we say all the time. This I love because as you guys know, I love talking about giving. So when I saw this news that he gave $6 billion to charity, and the only reason that we're even finding out that he gave the $6 billion is the fact that he had to file it with the SEC. Otherwise, we would never know because Elon Musk doesn't talk about his generosity. He doesn't talk about when he does stuff. I mean, he's donating, I think it's like $35 billion to schools in Texas. He doesn't talk about it, but the school came out and talked about it on his behalf. I like stuff like that. So I had to come talk about it. I love seeing stuff like that. I love, especially I love it when it just comes out as a way of like, he wasn't trying to tell everybody, not like Jeff Bezos out here. Whenever he donates, he writes up an entire op-ed talking about, yo, I donated this because of this, that, and the other. Elon Musk is just like, yo, I just donated this money. Now he may have donated it also because it's going to be beneficial tax-wise, but I don't care because get your tax benefit for donating that money. I really don't care. As long as you're donated into great things that's going to help solve different issues that we have in this world, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Moving on from there, 80%. This is the percentage of U.S. consumers that paid more than the manufacturer's suggested retail price or MSRP for a car in January. In 2021, that number was just 2.8% of the U.S. population of U.S. consumers of cars. And in 2020, that number was only 0.3%. On average, Americans who bought a car last month paid $728 more than the MSRP. And markups on popular sedans and compact and compacts were even more extreme. Hyundai's and Honda's got it worse with them selling more than $1,863 and $1,523 above MSRP. Bro, this inflation is crazy. Combine it with the supply chain shortage, people are just rushing out here and buying anything they can get their hands on. It is crazy. 
Ford and GM are threatening car dealers that if they keep jacking up prices, they will stop selling cars to them and just, you know, cut them out because dealerships are just middlemen. And so, unfortunately, Ford and GM can't sell cars directly to consumers. And you may be asking, like, why can't GM just be like, forget dealerships. I'm just going to sell these, these cars directly to my consumers. Well, the problem is uh, politics. In a lot of states, there are laws in place because of lobbying by really wealthy people that require car manufacturers to sell their cars through dealerships, which sucks, which sucks for us, the end consumers who actually go out there and buy these things, because guess what? It's not in our favor. We have to go to the dealerships and guess what? The dealerships are trying to do it to us, upsell us every single point of the way. At this time, at the time when the law was put in place, it made sense because it was to create some jobs and all of that good stuff. But now it's becoming a problem because dealerships are using that to their advantage to kind of destroy customers. Historically, for example, Tesla has decided to avoid selling cars in certain states and other because they didn't want to deal with dealerships because they were just like, yo, we're just going to go direct to the consumer and we'll, you can order your stuff when you come to a store in another state and we'll ship it to wherever it is that you are. Or they've bypassed it in other ways where they just basically like they, they find ways to bypass. There are multiple ways to be able to bypass the law. And th that's what Tesla has done. In the end, dealerships are basically like a snake eating its own tail. The more money it makes temporarily by taking advantage of the supply chain situation that we have right now, the more states will be looking to bypass the law as citizens get more and more upset. For example, Vermont passed a law allowing manufacturers to open their own dealerships and to sell EVs directly to consumers. Other states are also considering similar bills. Already, our generation hates the idea of talking to dealerships, hates the idea of haggling for prices, hates the idea of talking to any kind of dealer, which is why companies like Carvana and Vroom are doing so well right now. So dealerships are basically killing themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot by continuing to raise these prices and making it more and more expensive for consumers. If consumers continue to learn about this and get pissed, guess what? less and less people are going to even want to go to the dealership, which nobody likes going to dealerships anyway. And EVs are basically killing dealerships prices because the way e uh, dealerships make most of their money is not from selling cars. It's from all the maintenance that's going on in the background when you take your car and they upcharge you all the stuff to take care of your car. Next stat, 3.5 to $6 billion. This is the amount of money U.S. employers probably lost in productivity on Super Bowl Monday and Valentine's Day, estimated by Challenger, Gray, and Christmas, an outplacement firm. Really, they just need to make Super Bowl Monday a public holiday So many people, because so many people are already drunk and hungover from the day before. It's literally like most people don't even work when they're all out there. I mean, literally on Monday when I was in the office, it was literally the discussion. Like even if people weren't drunk or hungover, it was the only thing that anybody talked about. Hardly anybody did any real work throughout the day. But you know what? I, I, I doubt, I highly doubt that that will ever be the case because look how long it took them to make Juneteenth a holiday. So there's no way that in this American toxic work workaholic culture that we have there's no way that we're going to add more holidays have you met employers i mean already they're like complaining that we just work from holes there's no way that they're going to be like yeah add more holidays even employers don't even see juneteenth as a possible holiday for most businesses so you know what they're not about to add monday after super bowl it's like you better get your butt to work as soon as possible but anyway next stat 23.9 billion dollars this is the amount of money as you you're probably noticing a theme this is a very much a valentine special special 
um, Valentine's special episode. This is the amount of money that was spent on Valentine's Day estimated by the National Retail Foundation. $23.9 billion. This is up from $21.8 billion in 2021 and the second highest annual amount on record, of which $1 was not spent on your boy. So we salty. Yep, I'm tasting my water right now. Mm, tastes like a lot of salt because your boy ain't got nothing. So if you want to show your boy some love, just do it by sharing this podcast with one person that you love on this Valentine's week. Next, $1 billion. This is the amount that the CEO of Asana bought of his company stock. If I was an investor in Asana, I would be very excited right now because this is the kind of move that gets you excited. When you see the CEO of a company buying heavily into the shares of that company, people only have one reason when they buy into a company because they believe they're going to make some money. So when you see the leadership of any company that you own stock in, for example, if I saw uh, Satya Nadella buying more and more shares in Microsoft, I'm like, yo, he knows something. He knows something. That's why he buying all these shares. And at that point, I would be buying heavily too. I would be taking out emergency fund, using my emergency fund. To... No, I wouldn't do that. I just... I don't take that kind of risk, but I would, every money that I have, I'll be buying Microsoft. So it's something that we pay attention to when we invest in single businesses. The extras for the week, the last two decades have been the driest time period since 800 AD. This is according to a study that was published in the Nature Climate Change Journal. Case in point of this, the largest water reserves in the Western US, Lake Mead and Lake Powell are down to a third of their capacity. I don't know what other science people need to accept that climate change is a real deal, but maybe when we finally run out of water, people will start paying attention to it. We cannot stop lying to ourselves that private institutions are the best people to handle this. They are not. We need the government to step up and play their role as the referee and to actually enforce rules in place. And also, this is just a side note. Can we stop throwing out BS like carbon capture or, or that is like, it's cool. It's dope. Like, oh, carbon capture. That is not about to be the solution to climate change. It has to be us stopping pumping stuff into the atmosphere. I don't know what it is with us and this idea of like, oh, all we need is a new solution. No, just stop what you're doing. It's like people who try to do fad diets instead of just like actually working out. It's like, don't, don't do a diet, actually work out and just eat healthy, eat good food rather than being on a sprint diet for a short time. It may work. It may work. It may not work. It's just kind of there. And you're just playing with it. It's like, no, go work out, go eat well, sleep on time and you'll be fine. But no, we don't want to do the, the, the hard work. We want to do all the shortcut stuff. But anyway, I'm going to get off my high horse over here. I just watched, I just listened. Also, I just listened to a podcast where I talked about recycling and they were interviewing all the petroleum company and all company leadership. And did you know that recycling was a thing that was literally started by oil companies? Yeah. And if that's the source of rec recycling, what does that mean? What does that mean? The truth is recycling doesn't do anything with plastic. Like it costs too much money to, to go through the cycling process of separating the different plants of pla the different types of plastic costs way too much. Most of it can't be recovered. If you have food on a type of plastic, it basically makes it useless because of the chemical compounds when they break it down. So recycling is actually not a solution to the plastic problem we have. The solution is literally limit the amount of plastic that we use on a daily basis. All companies don't want that. Why don't they want that? They produce 
oil to make the plastic that we use so why would oil companies want you to recycle they don't they just want to pump and sell more virgin oil so anyway this is just a thing i was reading more and more about it and it just got me more and more upset to learn that recycling doesn't do jack deal like recycling is actually like literally a waste of time like it doesn't solve the problem it doesn't like oh anyway i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop the last one and this is to counter my anger of all the stuff that we're doing with climate and destroying our atmosphere and talking about it like it's not a big deal. New York just broke ground on one of the biggest wind farms in the nation. South Fork Wind is billed as one of North America's first ever commercial scale offshore wind farms and will generate roughly triple the U.S.'s current offshore wind capacity. The $2 billion facility will have 12 massive turbines. And when I say massive, I mean each blade of that turbine will be larger and longer than the Statue of Liberty. These things are massive. The wind farm is planned to be operational by the end of 2023. Currently, the U.S. has two operational offshore wind facilities off of Virginia and Rhode Island with a combined energy generation capacity of 42 megawatts. That means nothing to y'all, but let me explain it a little bit more. South Fork Wind projects to generate about 130 megawatts, which will be enough to power about 70,000 homes. 42 megawatts, that can power maybe maybe 10,000 homes, if I'm doing my math correctly about that. But so this is a really, really big deal. Uh, it's the first of five offshore plants in active development in New York as part of a $500 million initiative to add 4.3 or 4,300 or 4,300 megawatts of wind energy to the state's daily power profile. Good for about half the amount of power consumed daily by New York City. So this makes me feel good a little bit to see us continuing to move in the right direction of building out renewable energy sources. But I'm not saying like we need to do it like tomorrow. We just need to make sure like we have these things in place so we can eventually shut off natural gas systems and coal powered uh, plants and those kind of things. Also, whether we like it or not, we need more nuclear. It just has to happen. It has to like nuclear is necessary in order for us to generate the power that we need. It has to happen. I don't know why it's not happening, but you know what? I'm going to anyway. I don't know why I'm so upset. Anyway, <laughs> the last one for today is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was actually very watchable. And for the first time in five years, we actually saw an increase in the number of viewers for the Super Bowl. We saw a 16% increase from last year with about 112 million viewers for the Super Bowl. Also, some of the Super Bowl commercials were pretty good. I would say Coinbase had one of the best commercials with the D old DVD style uh, commercial where it just basically like was bouncing all over the place and the QR code was changing. I kind of liked it. There were some, there were a lot of flops in the commercial department as well, but you know what? It was okay. We liked it. It was interesting. I liked watching it, but the halftime show was, oh my gosh, so much better this year with Snoop, Dr. Dre, Kendrick, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and a surprise apparent from an upside down 50 cent. This year's halftime show was actually very watchable. The whole thing, however, was very nostalgic as somebody said this was the super bowl show that gen xers wanted about 10 years ago but never could get hopefully this opens the door to have more hip-hop artists perform 
at the halftime show really i want kendrick to have its his own super bowl halftime show not to be lumped in with everybody else he needs his own show that would be dope if kendrick actually had a super bowl show but please for the love of all things good from this day forward can we have no more weekend type shows please no more weekend no more of these lame lame shows for super bowl we went to the peak level of beyonce and bruno mars and then we just dropped off a cliff we just fell off a cliff with super bowl shows but it looks like we're starting to go back up again hopefully 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 but anyway that's all i got for y'all in this episode i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing or maybe you just heard me blabber and blabber and blabber and get upset and yell into the microphone for the last two minutes and you were like what is this dude even talking about? But anyway, if you did enjoy my voice and you listened this whole time, please share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person you're just kind of like, eh, about. And by that time, you would have shared it with every single person that you know. But anyway, it's been your boy Kalechi. I'm going to catch y'all up in the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And we out of here. Peace.